0: Hi, it's Andrea, and I have to jump in before the episode starts and let you know that this episode is a couple days late this week, because have I had a week. (laughs) So after I recorded the episode, there was an accident with my computer involving a cup of tea, and it's an older computer, so it is uh, beyond repair. And so I kind of had to get all of my documents off into the hard drive and try and salvage what I could. So thank you for your patience, and I hope you will enjoy this episode. I'm Andrea Hope, and this is To Mother. Episode 16, Infants. Hi, I'm Andrea Hope, and I'm a poet, a wife, a mother, and a Baha'i. And this is my podcast, To Mother, where I share my recommendations and insights about parenting with purpose in the modern world. So I share some quotes from the Baha'i writings that inspire me, some practical tips and resources, and some poetry. So today I wanted to start with a sweet little story. (laughs) So I'm very grateful because right now I'm living in Poland and the restrictions for coronavirus haven't been as severe here. I think partially I find that the Polish community, their lifestyles are a bit more slow and healthier, at least in the city where I'm living than parts of the United States so already people are eating a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables and cooking at home more than I see uh, people in the United States so I think that might have some effect in terms of how many people have pre-existing conditions and how susceptible people are to disease and the winters can be pretty harsh here so it's not like people are unfamiliar with staying at home or being at home early in the day. I remember sunset sometimes would be as early as 4pm and I usually try not to go out of the house after sunset so those are some reasons why it might have been a bit more natural for people to follow the guidelines Uh, obviously anyone anywhere can take health into consideration and follow the guidelines but because of that things have started to open up again and I was able to take my children to this cute little cafe that I like to take them to when it's rainy or when it's too cold to take them to the playground. And it's because it's really intended for families. And it's the only cafe I know here that has an indoor play area. It's such a sweet and great thing because you have the cafe atmosphere where you can order uh, drinks. But then you also have a place where the children play together. And it feels really community building like a playground because, of course, kids are playing with each other. And that makes it easier for parents to talk. And it also entertains the kids and puts less pressure on the parents because they have uh, this little enclosed space. So I have this dream one day that I'll be able to open up my own little cafe, bookstore, playground, indoor playground area uh, based on the principles of the Baha'i faith. And I would love to open it up and call it Small Planet. And I want to have the different countries like a map and um, things that represent different cultures and countries. And then every season I want to change the books or change the theme of the playground to represent the different continents of the world. So I would love to do that and just have a huge collection of books and Montessori style toys and things like that in the future. So if you're interested in that business idea, probably sounds a little bit strange right now being that (laughs) we're doing social distancing, but uh, it's something that I would love to do in the future and I think would be really amazing to bring families of all faiths together, but to be inspired by the Baha'i Principles and to have something where we can learn about different cultures. Mm. Because as we know, one of the ways of addressing the racism Mm. and the different ills of our society is just to learn about other cultures and to expose our children to other ways of life. And now I've gotten totally sidetracked from the story that I was going to tell. So anyway, so we go to this cafe, which I really love. They're always very friendly to me. And I have my youngest son in a baby wrap on my chest and I have azalea in a stroller. And we get in and we open the door and there's nothing to keep the door open by itself. So I'm trying to kind of open the door and push the stroller in at the same time. And there's a couple parents sitting at tables in the cafe and none of them respond when I walk in or even turn around or say anything and I was kind of odd for me because usually like at least one person will say good morning uh, in Polish or someone will try to help me if they see like I have both the kids so that was just kind of strange for me so I figure it out and I get in there and I take Azalea out and I have to break down the stroller by myself and Take her shoes off and deal with the baby and everything like that. And so I'm like, okay, I thought to then say jean Debray to everyone, but I got a little intimidated by that. So I just decided not to say anything. And then eventually I take Azalea over and she's playing in this play area. And really no one's interacting with her, but she doesn't mind. She's very happy. She's doing her own thing. And I noticed that the mom who was sitting at the table closest to us. She was telling her kid, like, it's time to go. Are you ready to go? Um, She had a very serious look on her face. And so I was just like, okay, maybe she's having a rough morning or, you know, you never know what situation people are going through. So I try not to judge and just assume, yeah, people have bad days and they're going through difficult times. And so she's just staying there um, and she comes over to her kid. And so she's, uh, yeah, trying to get her daughter to go and her daughter doesn't want to go yet. So she's not forcing her to go. I think she's just asking, you know, do you want to go? And then her daughter goes into this ball pit. There's a slide that goes into this ball pit. And Isaiah's recently learned how to climb up and go on little slides. So Isaiah climbs up to the top of this slide and she's so proud of herself. And she looks back at the mom and she has this huge smile on her face. And the mom kind of gives her a little smirk, okay. And then Azalea slides into the ball pit and she's like, whoa, and she's so excited. And she looks up again at this mom and she has this huge smile, like she's so proud of herself and she's like laughing. And the mom looks at her and she breaks out in a smile and like nods her head. And then Azalea just goes on playing with her daughter and playing around and just being joyful. And I can see visually how this woman's mood changes from that interaction with just the pure joy of Azalea. And then eventually another mom comes over and Regal, he's learned how to sit up by himself. So I have him sitting on the carpet in the play area. And if you talk to Rigo, his face just lights up. He just smiles at you. So anytime someone talks in his direction, he looks at them and has this big smile. And so eventually this lady, she actually starts talking to me in English and she is saying, oh, your baby is so happy. It's so nice to see such a happy child. And I said, yeah, my daughter is also like that. They, They like people and they're very friendly. And so that was such a blessing to me. You never know the personality of your children when they come out into this world, but there is nature and there is nurture. And I like to believe that a large part of the temperament of our children is based on us. So in the morning, we're always very happy to see them. We greet them every morning. I try to be very conscious to spend time with them and do devotionals, read books, play games before I go off and like use the computer and do other things. So I always know that the role of being a mother is really important, but I think sometimes I think of it as like raising children that when they're older they'll contribute to society. And this just reminded me, even at this age, the way that I'm mothering has the potential to influence even the way they're interacting and contributing to society right now. So that was a sweet story that I wanted to share with you. And the topic for today is infants. Today I'm going to be reading a prayer actually. So I'll be reading a prayer by Abdu'l-Baha that is for infants. O god rear this little babe in the bosom of thy love and give it milk from the breast of thy providence cultivate this fresh plant in the rose garden of thy love and aid it to grow through the showers of thy bounty make it a child of the kingdom and lead it to thy heavenly realm thou art powerful and kind and thou art the bestower the generous the lord of surpassing bounty and again O God, rear this little babe in the bosom of thy love and give it milk from the breast of thy providence. Cultivate this fresh plant in the rose garden of thy love and aid it to grow through the showers of thy bounty. Make it a child of the kingdom and lead it to thy heavenly realm. Thou art powerful and kind, and thou art the bestower, the generous, the Lord of surpassing bounty. I'm not going to analyze this prayer at all today, but I wanted to share this prayer because I realized that I hadn't focused as much on praying for the kids when they were infants. So when I was pregnant, I prayed for my children uh, in the womb, and then now that my daughter is old enough to kind of participate in doing devotionals, you know, she can't (laughs) read or anything, but we have books that she can look at, and she can listen to me, and she can do some of the gestures that i do with the prayers and uh, we dance to some songs but in that middle age of infancy which i would say is from when they're crawling to when they're walking this is a time where i didn't engage in prayer with the children as much so lately, I've been trying to be a little more mindful about specifically saying prayers for infants. So I was praying around my children, of course, but I just mean I wasn't um, specifically yeah. saying prayers for that phase of life. And I realized that there are several prayers. Um, there's at least three in my prayer book that are just for infants. And whenever there's prayers for a specific thing. I really feel that that's special and I wanna to try to utilize those in that phase of life that they are. So lately during our devotionals, I've been trying to make a point of saying at least one prayer for infants. Now my living the life tip for this phase of mothering is palette with purpose. So when your child is about six months it is a time where people are usually starting to add soft foods for instance, boiled potatoes or soft fruits and things like that. And I wanted to give the recommendation that you try to be purposeful about creating their palate. What you're giving your children at this time is really setting up their taste buds in their palate for their eating habits in the future. And I was really blessed when I took my Ruhi book three about children's classes. I took it from someone who studied uh, health and nutrition and worked with mothers. And she was saying that she really tried to build her relationship Uh, with food for her children as not being positive or negative in terms of praise or condemning and she also gave them positive choices. So we want to give our children choices, and we'll see as they grow older, even at this young age of infancy, they'll start to display that they want to have a choice. And she would say, of course, if you give your children a choice between chicken nuggets and vegetable soup, they're going to pick chicken nuggets all the time. But if you give them two positive choices, they still get to exercise their will, we'll say, but there's no wrong answer kind of thing, and they won't be praised for making quote-unquote the right choice. And of course, it also influences how we eat. We were already trying to be conscious about eating, but it also influences about what I have in the house because I'm not one of those people who can make stuff for the kids and then also make another whole meal for me. So usually whatever I'm making, we're both having. So I might be having the actual vegetable soup and then I'm blending it for my infant, but we're having the same ingredients. I'm not making two separate meals. So... Whatever that means for you, however you want to exercise it in your life, I think just to be conscious, you're setting up their palate. For us, it means that our children don't have ice cream, they don't have lollipop, because we think that will mess up their ability to find fruit sweet. And that's not to say that they'll never have these things, but we are trying to wait until they're mature enough to see that these things Our special occasion and to control that it's something that mommy and daddy have once in a while and that they can also have once in a while and just at this age of infancy and even into toddlers they're not able to manage those cravings um, in a way that if you introduce them to it then they're gonna ask for candies and ice cream you know because it tastes good it's you know for us as well it's, it's sweet and it's it's nice but the more that you build your palette on these naturally sweet things, I think then the more really artificial you realize these things are. And even for me, things like soda, I can't even drink it the same way since I've stopped having so much sugar because then when I do have it, I'm like, oh, wow, this is really, really <laughs> sweet or this is really, really bubbly. So whatever that means for you and your family and how you like to do it, my living the life tip is to palate with purpose. And then the resources I wanted to talk about are... Books. So, for the next few episodes that have to do with development of children, I'm going to focus on books because I found some really great books by Bahais that are appropriate for all the different age groups. And I want to make an announcement that for Kalimat for the next Bahai month, I'm going to be releasing a directory. So, I have found over a hundred books, believe it or not, that are available in English that have been written by Bahai authors, and I've separated them into different categories like history, central figures, prayers, and readings older and younger children and I'm gonna make it just donation based because it has taken me a lot of hours to compile this list together, but I also want to make sure that it's available to any parents who need it. So whatever you feel that you can donate, if it helps you in some way, I'm going to have it available on my website. And so because of this project, I've been able to find many books that I can share with you all as resources. And today I'm going to talk about alphabet books. It is never, never too early to start reading to your children and developing their language skills. They're hearing you talk and they're learning from that. So, this is something from the very beginning. And I think it's really, really wonderful because it's a way to spend time together that doesn't take such a physical toll. Even before I had two young children, breastfeeding and trying to take care of the baby and take care of my own needs. And then I started my period. Um, where the doctor said if you're breastfeeding full-time, you probably won't have your period for two years. And in reality, after both of my children, I had my period after the second month. So I was really looking forward to that break, but it didn't happen. <laughs> but yeah, having all these dynamics going on at once, sometimes your energy is, is just really low. So I found that reading is a great way to spend quality time with infants. That's purposeful and Azalea would light up so bright when I would bring out the same books. You know, at the beginning I just read the same books over and over and she would be so happy when she saw the books and then now she can name some of the characters or say some of the words. And so I found four books created by Baha'is that are alphabet books and I know that there are a few more but these are the four that I know are available online. So if you know of some other books, definitely send me an email at info at and let me know what other alphabet books you have. But I really like to focus, of course, on ones that people can get. So I know there is a great one that the National Spiritual Assembly of the United States sponsored uh, many years ago that some people still have but I don't believe that it's in print anymore. I think it's also as old as like the 80s when it came out. So these ones are a bit more modern and they're available through Amazon or different Baha'i bookstore websites. So the first one is my book, if you haven't heard, I have a book called A is for a Lollapod that is available on the different versions of Amazon for whatever country you're in, except for Australia. Unfortunately, I don't think Amazon direct printing prints in Australia and New Zealand. But in other countries, you can get A S for Allalapa, which is an alphabet book of Baha'i terms. And so it's like Allalapa, Baha'i, Consult, Devotional. And so that's the ABC book that I created. And then the next one is Feast of ABCs by Gail Radley. And this book is all about the 19-day feast. And the next one is Lisa Blecker. It's called The Good in Me from A to Z by Dottie. And this is a really cute claymation book. It looks like claymation. I'm going to say that. And this is about virtues. And so it starts with I am. So each one is a letter of the alphabet. And it's about her and virtues that she has when she's going around in her everyday life that kids can also relate to. And then the fourth one is My Alphabet Journey by Alahe Boss, which is also about virtues. So each one will be something that a child can do to contribute to their community or to be of service. So those are the four books. Uh, You can look them all up and see whichever one appeals to you, or you can get multiple. So that's A is for Loud Pop by Andrea Hope. Feast of ABCs by Gail Radley. The Good in Me from A to Z by Lisa Blacker and My Alphabet Journey by Alahi Boss. And today I'm going to end with a poem that is about some of the struggles of having an infant and adjusting to be a new mom. And I hope that it speaks to you and makes you feel a bit empowered and makes you feel seen and heard and encouraged. And it is called Don't Cry by Andrea Hope. Don't cry over spilt milk. It took three hours to pump,
1: over scratches
0: and bumps as baby fell just left of the plush carpet. Don't cry over exhaustion, compulsive cautions, shaken from anxious dreams by chilling screams. Does it not seem cruel that babies too have night terrors? Don't cry from judgmental stares, unsolicited advice, partners' expectations coming to bear. Don't cry at your lack of ability to soothe or juggle or produce, your aching back as you move. But do cry. Cry because, Mama, you too suffer growing pains. For the pieces of you lost against the carver's blade. For your small body of land stretched to fathomless terrain and your patience and your heart. Cry because you dare to have it all. Because even superheroes fear the crash and fall. Why else would they wear capes? Cry because water is life-giving and so are you. Cry because that precious child will want to know the truth. How is it that sun and rain both make the flowers bloom? To Mother is an individual initiative and provides only the personal reflections and insights of its creator, that's me. For more information about the Baha'i Faith, including access to the official writings and contacts for Baha'is in your community, please visit Baha'i.org.